of the book of Revelation in verse 7. Hallelujah. He that hath an ear, let him or her hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Not to the world, but to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And I'm not sure I'm qualified to give real perfect credence to what the scripture really is talking about, but I'm going to do my best with the help of the Lord. Lord, bless thy word one more time, which is settled in heaven. It doesn't matter who don't believe it. Doesn't matter who won't receive it, it's still settled in heaven. It's unchanging. It is powerful, but it's also life changing, Lord. I give you all the great praise. Thank you for every family that's here. Speak to our heart. I'm asking you now, in the name of Jesus, you may be seated. I want to talk to you about paradise or perdition. Paradise or perdition. One of the most beautiful words ever heard in the ears of a man was a guy upon the cross who was on his way to perdition. And God changed the text. And God threw out the evidence. And God made this man acceptable and the beloved, even though he had nothing to compensate for what was God going to commiserate to this man. God said, This day shall thou be with me in paradise. Meaning the man on his own could never achieve paradise. He could never walk in that place unaccompanied. He had to come with the company of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. I want you to know it was a matter of choice why this young man or whatever man he was was able to achieve those wonderful words of life. But Jesus turn his face towards him and looked him with bloody eyes and bloody face and worked up cheeks and said, Sir, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. If there's ever a thief, that guy was a thief. He sure stole his way in the last minute. He did not need a golden calf or an effort. Didn't need a mule or a donkey or an ox or whatever sort. He had the word of life right there beside him. And he said, Lord, Lord, God, remember me. When you get into your kingdom, please put me on the list of priority. Please remember me. Don't forget me. And the Lord looked at him with gracious eyes and said, This day shalt thou be with me in Paradise. You see, paradise is spoken only three times in your Bible. It's spoken only three times. It's spoken in the book of uh, Luke 23, 43. It says paradise. And in the book of Second Corinthians 12 and verse 4, Paul says, He had experienced out of body where he was caught up into paradise. And that's the second time it's mentioned. And the last time it's mentioned is in chapter 2. I just read to you a while ago. And verse 7 it said, uh, If you are an overcomer, you can go to paradise. I want to tell somebody here, if you're planning retirement, and if you think your GST and your whatever you got in your bank is going to help you, it's not going to help you. 
It didn't help Elvis Presley. didn't help Queen Victoria. It's not going to help you either. So if you think your retirement plan that you save it for is going to give you tranquility and utopian society, you got all messed up, honey. You got all mixed up real bad. But what you need today is God to remember you. What you need is God to remember you. I don't care how much money you save up. I don't care what security you think you've got. You've got nothing. It's a rug under your feet, my friend. God can pull that rug from under your feet. In one puff, your life could be taken. In one huff, your dollar bill could disappear. But the man on the cross, the Lord, remember me. Hallelujah. There's a cross for you to be hung on this morning that you may ask God to have mercy on you. My friend, you're not qualified for what God has, but you can beg for God mercy. You can appeal to God and say, God, have mercy on me while I'm hanging on the cross. What is paradise? The linguistic men said that it's a Persian word that means parades. The proper meaning means a pleasant ground or a park. Paradise. You say, well, that don't sound too exciting. Well, it's the pleasant ground of the king. It's the king's garden. It's a park, not just his throne, not just his mansion. It's where the king resort. You know, one of the most comfortable places in any celebrity life is where they often resort. We had a place in Jamaica called the Royal Botanical Garden. When I was a kid, it was the most beautiful place on earth. It was gorgeous. I mean, the only thing I see next to it was in British Columbia, uh, a world-famous garden. You walk in there, oh, it's breathtaking. And I'm telling you, my friend, paradise exceeds that. It has not entered the hearts of men. It has not answered the mind of men or the ears of men. But God can prepare with his magnificent creative hands. He can spin that thing out, my friend. And you can find yourself in the most beautiful, amen, king prepared garden. But you see, Solomon spoke a lot about that garden called an orchid. Because the Shunammite girl that he wanted to marry, that's where he planned to take her. It's the least read book in the Bible. In fact, it's not read at all by carnal preachers who think they're more spiritual than God. But God wrote that book. And the Bible says it is inspired by God. It is settled by God because you're ignorant and don't understand what it means. You're carnal when you read it. But friend, it's about paradise and a man and his wife. Oh, hallelujah. And you can't exceed the eloquence of the poetic rendering of that beautiful book. I would describe ways in which you can describe to your wife how much you love her. But paradise is a place, it's the king's garden. Jesus said to one church, I'm talking to you, church, to get there with me, you've got to be an overcomer. Now what do I have to overcome? Whatever will stop you from getting there. <clears throat> I don't need to name what you're involved in. But there are things in your life that can hinder you. That can block you from the tree of life. You cannot eat of the fruit of that tree without having rights to it. 
You're not dealing with a man now, you know. You know, it's not your mother's house you're going to visit, or your father's house, or your in-law house, or your brother-in-law house. You're going to go in when you feel like it. You can't just walk in when you feel like it. You can't just go sit down when you feel like it, my friend. You've got to earn the rights to get there. I'm going to tell you right now in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. It says some desired to enter and could not enter and God specified why they couldn't because of their unbelief. You're not hurting Pastor Neil by not believing this truth. You don't hurt one person in the pews around here by having your own opinion. My friend, the other thief had an opinion of his own. He ended up in perdition while the other ended up in paradise. Hello? Hello? And so the Lord says, some could not enter in because of their unbelief. God is particular. The song we sang a while ago about the coming of the Lord. I got news for you. Not everybody who sing Lord, Lord going to enter in. Not everybody who profess Christ will have been entertained by Jesus Christ. But he that doeth the will of my Father, it is written in the scripture, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Now the Bible said that there's a place called paradise. That should be the ultimate goal of everybody in this place. Forget about your retirement program. Forget it. I'm telling you right now. God said, tell you, forget about it. It does you no good. It's not going to help you. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your time. wasting your plan. In fact, if you want to plan, I'm going to tell you right now, invest in God. You better invest in God, my friend, because only what you do for Christ will last. And everything else you do will not last one bit. It'll be a relic when you're gone. And I, I hate to say where you're going, you're going to end up, my friend. Because there were two men in the Bible, a rich man and a poor man. And there's nothing wrong with being a rich man. It's good to be rich. You can give more to God to help the poor a whole lot more. But Lazarus was poor. And the master Lazarus found himself in the bosom of Abraham. Now, if you understand that chart, you know what I'm talking about. He was in the bosom of Abraham. They both lived. One of the most haunted words you'll ever hear in your, in your lifetime are these words from God. Remember thou in your lifetime. You may never live to be 80 or 75 or 60 or 40, but that's your lifetime. And God said, I'm going to bring you back to remembrance that in your lifetime, you made some choices that will determine your destination. You're not going to blame the government. You're not going to blame your wife or your kids or the preacher or somebody else. It's the choice that you make. Because he will, draw the, he will judge the earth in righteousness. And that thief make it in his mind to join the mob in mocking truth. And only fool mocketh sin. Amen. The fool mocked God. God's not mocked. And when he mocked Jesus Christ, the Lord ignored him. But when the other guy turned to worship Jesus, he said, this day, this day, some of you, I want to say it. But I'm going to say it right now. It's a word used for happiness. It's a place of utopian 
society. A place of a haven of rest. It's a garden that eyes of men have never seen in artistry. Poet can't describe it. But here's a sad commentary. One time, Satan was there. Ezekiel 28, 13 says, Satan was in the Garden of Eden, among the topaz, the carbuncle, the precious stones. Hallelujah. He was there. But God kicked him out. When he figured he could do things my way and not God's way, God said, out. You see, God doesn't have to have you or me. God does not need you or me to be God. If I decide today not to come to the church tomorrow and the rest of my life, it doesn't impact God one bit. Hello? Not one bit. He's still going to be God. People are still going to worship Him around the world. No matter what you do, they're still going to praise Him. In fact, millions right now are calling on Him and lauding Him. I'm just a microcosm, a little grain of sand pile among the worshipers. And God kicked Satan out. Get out of my... You know what he was? In paradise. He was in paradise. He was in the garden. Read it for yourself of Eden when God kicked him out. You see, God will not tolerate people who do things their way. Hello? He said, I am the way. The truth and the life. The first thing you have to learn about God is submission. Submission. I'm going to submit to God in thoughts, in deeds, and in words. Because I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever and forever. Genesis 2 and verse 8. Guess who was there in the garden of Eden? Adam and Eve. God put a wife and a husband together. In the Garden of Eden. Well, if you and your wife sit down and conspire against God, you'll both go to hell. You go to hell together, you and her. Doesn't matter whose idea it was. As long as it's contrary to God, you end up in hell. You be careful what you say to your wife. And be careful what you say to your husband. It may be your dilemma, my friend. Hallelujah. Your wife's words don't exceed the pastor's word. Nor vice versa. God said, Thou shalt not. And they said, The wife said, Well, you know, that guy don't know what he's talking about. Let's do something different, you know. We don't have to bow. You don't have to do what they say. And so she convinced her husband that he, you know, he can follow through with her. And so they both decided to do it. And you know, God does not judge you immediately. And it fooled a lot of people. But one thing you do, you're stripping yourself of God. Because when they start sinning together, the lights start dimming. The glories start to depart. And they become naked and don't even realize it. And to finally when the voice of God came to them, we're naked. And God said, just a minute now. Once in a while, you were approachable. One time you were nice. What happened to you? What changed you? What turned you around? Have you been involved in some thing you should not be involved in? What a 
envy you in hearing some evil communication that corrupted your your your, your devotion, who messed up with your commitment, uh, who messed up with your with your walk with God, uh, who turned you around, my friend? It's gonna be a demise. You said, "Well, my wife did it." And God said, "What are you doing to this guy? I called him. I created him for my glory for years. You don't make a lawsuit over his life." Well, well, this is not my fault. The devil makes me do it. And God says to me, Dad, what have you done? <laughs> and guess what? Everybody had a leg to stand on except the devil. He's a snake. He's got no leg to stand on. Well, if your wife is God, fine. But my wife isn't. I promise you she's not. She'll run the roost. Hello? And so Adam and Eve got kicked out. Of the garden. You know that kicked out of folks? Of the paradise. Look right here. They got kicked right out right here of the most beautiful place known to man. God created everything except the garden. He planted that. That's how intimate God becomes. I want to tell you, when I was finding God, my wife wasn't there. She I'm going to clue what God will do to my life. And she's going to change my prayer life. She's going to change my commitment. She will not change my walk with God. She will not change my devotion with God. My friend, anybody go, she go, but God stay. Hallelujah. Kim told a joke one time. I like that joke. Really good. Cain Abel said, Mom and Dad, do you think one of these days we can inhabit a place like that over there? That beautiful garden? And the father says, yes. We were there one time before you were born until your mom had an idea. I want to tell you, I've seen many husbands lost out because of the voice of the wife. And the attitude of a wife. Came in with all his heart. And she flipped out. And he flipped out. And they're both in perdition. I can think of it right now. I won't call names. Some are in the grave. And some are on their way. To perdition. And how could anybody be in paradise? And allow themselves to be kicked out on a silly idea that you know more than God. God said, Thou shalt not eat or touch. I give you freedom on everything else, but this is mine. You don't mess with it. And together they said, Well, we can. And church, ever since that time, you and I have been in a world without ever knowing what paradise is like. And the whole purpose of this assembly right now, this morning, I want to tell you, so help me God, from the pastor to the pew, we have one goal in mind and no higher priority, getting back in that paradise. If we ever get back, it's because we did it His way. 
It's going to be because we look. I was reading yesterday. I was thinking about the false gods of the world. And I began to read the 10th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Then I went into chapter 11. Oh, my God. And God said, look, because they obey my voice, I bless them. And when they don't, I curse them. I thought about that. I'll never forget my spiritual aunt who was passed on. She was so spiritual, I call her a witch. But she could figure me out, my, all, my, all four of us. She could figure things out so fast. It was the Holy Ghost working through her. So my brother, I call her the witch. <laughs> Remember one day she wrote to me and said, I had a dream about you. I said, really? I said, I dreamt you were throwing mud on yourself. Boy, it scared the devil out of me when she said that. Because I knew what it meant. She mean, you're messing up yourself. And I thought, I better get right with God. I better start going to my closet and start searching it. And making sure everything is right. But there's nothing between me and God and God and me because the last thing I want God to do is say, get out! And stay out. Paradise. God told me while I was in China, I'm going to send some people to you before I come. I've got a message for them. I want you to give them warning because I want them in my kingdom. And every night I dream about church. Every night. Of all different shapes and forms. I said to my wife, I gotta go home change. I gotta go home different. Huh. And it bothers me. But I'm trying to tell you this morning. God's trying to tell you it's not his will that you end up in perdition. The will of God is that you end up in Paradise. You are invited to come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are ugly laden. And God said, I will give you rest. You know where rest is? In the botanical garden of God, where there's rest and, and your work cease and you can grow with God forevermore. The apostles felt so in, so felt so secure one time. They came to Jesus when they heard him preach the Lord. Do you mean us also? He looked at them with his Jewish eyes and said, Ye shall all likewise perish if you don't repent. Let's worship God. One third angels got thrown out of paradise. Satan got thrown out of paradise. Adam thrown out of paradise. Israel got thrown out of the promised land. Moses got locked out from entering into that beautiful place called the promised land. Fool and virgin kept out of the kingdom of God. They were locked out. Think about church. Unprofitable servant are locked out for negligence. Think about those who did in the wedding garment got kicked out. What makes you think we can't do differently? I wish to God the fear of God would come into our heart and make us tremble. I pray, oh God, bring out the fear of God in my heart. 
Oh God, let me let me not stray too far from the altar. No, he's talking to the church. He said to the church, he that overcometh in the church shall inherit all things. He's not talking to the world. He didn't pray for the world. He prayed for the church. I don't know about you folks, but the, the most scary thing in my life is that one day I wake up and realize God threw me out of the church. To you, it's just a building. To me, it's not. To me, it's the gate to heaven. To you, it's just an ordinary place. Just a man talking. But to me, it's the Word of God. To me, it's the Word of eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. What some call heresy, so worship I, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We talked to a man in Shanghai about Pentecost. He said, what's that? And I thought to myself, this is not common knowledge. Pentecostalism is not common bread. Everybody can swallow it. Everybody can eat it. The gospel is a prescription for a soul that's sick. But everybody can't swallow it. Only those who will drink it down with eternal living water. Let's worship God. I don't know if you know this, but this morning on the radio, CBC, I slept right through. I wish I, I could have stayed awake. I've been different times during my sleep. But I said they want to know the place of religion in war. And while they're asking, you don't know the significance of the Pope. Where is that? In Turkey. See, you're dumb. You don't understand what's going on. You don't realize the gates from the Middle East, from the Far East, come right through Turkey. You don't know that, do you? You don't know that's where they're coming from. You know Turkey has the largest palace in the world? Over a thousand homes? And their goal is to build by the Ottoman Empire. You don't know what it means. But I know something about people of God. Those who understand are going to look up and realize I better overcome what's happening in the world or be locked out or be left behind. You understand, my friend? All of a sudden, it never happened since 1947 that Israel ever become concerned about building a temple this week they want to. It don't mean nothing to you, but to me it means everything. All of a sudden, the Jews got all stirred up. We want the Temple Mount back. And they decided to fight for it. And they banned every, every Muslim from going there. It don't mean a thing to you. But I gotta overcome all these things. Hallelujah. It means something to me. It tells me redemption is nigh. Hallelujah. It tells me it's time to look up, not look down. It's time for me to be involved with the things of God more than ever before. I can't afford to be an unprofitable servant. I can't afford to hear the word depart from me. You that work iniquity. I can't afford that to happen in my life. 
I can't afford to watch what's going on in Israel and around the world and in the world and sleep. I can't do it. I do not want to be locked out of the city. Let me tell you who's going to go to the New Jerusalem. Take your Bible and read it for yourself. Isaiah 26, verse 1 to 3. And ask yourself, does that include me? As I sit here, as I stand before you, every one of you son, you're going to end up in perdition and some in paradise. That's the truth. That's not a question of a possibility. It's going to happen. Some of you are going to end up in perdition and some are going to end up in paradise. But here's the difference. Who is going to paradise? Open the everlasting what? Gates. Why? Why? Let the nation, what nation is he talking about? The royal nation. The royal priesthood. That kept the truth. I'm trying to tell you. I was worrying about investing for myself. And God said, hey boy, you don't control life. You better give all you can for my cause. Don't worry about it. You can't do a thing about it. But what you can do, what I told you, I need done right now. Let the people that keep up the what? The what? The what? Enter in. The people that keep up the truth. Let me put it in perspective here. There's some people that don't believe the truth. In Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one to four, so there's some people who don't love the what? Truth. They don't love it. They're a bunch of compromisers. You're going to have to overcome compromise if you're going to make it. One thing I ain't going to do is share my wife with another man. Now, if you want to do that with your family, that's your problem. But I ain't going to share my wife with another man. Hallelujah. No, my dead body. And nor will Jesus Christ share his church with another God. Solomon, Shunammite girl, had to resist all the advances that were made to her before she could enter into his garden of rose. Hallelujah. I've lost your folk. You don't even read the book. You don't even read the book. You don't know what I'm talking about. But I want to tell you, friend, Solomon, after she overcome all the advances, took her to his what? Garden. Look up that word. It means paradise. Orchid means paradise. Jesus is going to have a bride on earth that he's going to take to paradise. No room for concubines. No room for harlots. No room for Jezebel. I gave her space to repent and she didn't take it. The thief on the cross was just as wicked as the other guy. But he changed his mind. He changed his mind. I got, I got some niece. Man, they came from England and their mom told them, I don't care what my brother tell you, don't you listen. 
Don't you go to church with them? My mom going to tell you, dad, 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 don't listen to them. Just Christianity is yak. Boy, that girl came with an attitude. She came with a dirty, stinking attitude. She and her sister. And everything we did was us yak. But the good news is, today they're all baptized in Jesus' name. Anybody can change if they want to. While change is allowed for you to change. You don't have to end up in perdition if you don't want to. Hallelujah. You know, the man that was fool, was a fool, he got locked out because God told him, Remember in your lifetime, in your lifetime when you have all that golden opportunity to repent and you didn't make use of it. When you have all that chances given to you and you make light of it. And you allow yourself to go down in the sod without Christ. Christians, if you have anyone that died in Christ, we're buried with him. The sad part is buried without him. My whole preaching, the whole purpose of McMurray Church is not for a nice building. Not for bricks and mortars. No, no, no. It's to see who's qualified. <coughs> who's qualified? We just left Asia a while ago. And I'm convinced a lot of people I know in church ain't going to heaven. A lot of people I know couldn't go to China. Because if you don't meet the requirements, you can't go. Every stock of the way, I was checked in more often and undressed more often than I was dressed. And every step of the way, you were stopped. And you were checked out. What makes you think God won't open the book and check you out? What makes you think you're going to slip right in and get to heaven? No, you're not going to happen that way, church! If I couldn't escape the scrutiny of cameras and men with guns, how about Jesus Christ? Left behind. Why? Because they obey not the gospel. The same applied Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't obey God. And the Bible said there was no record of their birth. What if your name is not found in the Lamb's book of life? Does it matter? Does it matter if you believe lies or truth? Does it matter if you're born again? I heard the kids this morning discussing it. Does it matter if you're shut out? Have you ever been locked out of an airplane? You can't get on? And you watch it flying? And he says, I should have been on that flight, but I didn't meet the requirement. And they locked me out. Do you know every seat on that plane is accounted for? Do you know every seat is paid for? You sit in somebody's seat, you know they tell you, get up. <laughs> what make you think you're going to go to heaven sitting on somebody's seat hallelujah praise God separation now before I close I'm going to cut it short give it a chance to make it right with God when I came in the city I said God I came with truth if I ever have to leave let me leave with truth 
There are many voices calling. Many beckons are made to us. Many pulls are coming our way. Many attractions. But heaven belongs only to those who are overcomers. Overcome means this. Come here, son. Hey, come here. Come here. Hey, you come here. You, yes, you. <laughs> Look behind you. Do me a favor. Come up here, please. Put your hand like this. Put it against mine. Come on. Push. Push against me. He's pushing against me. I gotta overcome him. Hello? I gotta overcome his push. And push back. If he ever overcome me, I'm done. Hello? Overcome me and push him back. Thank you, son. Let's stand. <coughs> I'm cutting this short. Because you see, paradise. One of the most sad stories I've ever heard in the Bible was Moses. And boy, it troubled me to this very date. It troubles me. Moses saw it, but couldn't enter into it. The rich man saw it, but couldn't go over there. Adam and Eve were there but couldn't stay there. What is paradise? Paradise is heaven. Brother Marlon, come here please. I want you to get a rod. I'll give you a rod right here. Let me get you a rod here. I can't find me a rod. I just stick to swing. Here's one right here. I want you to swing the stick like this. Come on. Look at those folks again. God put an angel right there. You can't come in. The radar is everywhere to keep you out. And the only way you can get in, you've got to be born again. Now I'll tell you, church, you can buy the preacher, you can bribe the Pope. Hello? You can compromise the priest, but you can't fool these guys. They got a flaming sword that turns every side, and you can't get in except you qualify. I want to ask you are you born again? Are you keeping record of your birth? Are you setting out your birthright cheap? Come on now, because you got to overcome, because God told this church. I will move your candlestick. Thank you. But Brother, Brother Marlon, long before they reach you, come back right here. Swing that sword. Come here, boy. Come here. Stand right here. Stand before him right there. Look for those people. And there's a preacher right here. Flag him down, people. He's a doorkeeper. And his job is to keep some things out and keep some things in. And bless God, let me play the part of God now. You come here, boy, come here. Now, this preacher may compromise and let you in. Stay right, right here. Stay right here between those two. That's far you can go. Because you sure can't go past that angel. 
It's not going to work. You pass him, but you haven't passed the angel yet. You're going to be the last regular demon, my friend. And the Lord came by and says, Step aside. I'm the chief shepherd. How did you get in? Is that right? How did you got in? You better tell me how he got in. Because I put you here to stop him from getting in. Now here's how he got in. He he paid the preacher or the preacher packed him in front of the back, you know, and, and they bribe each other, hello, like Balaam does, hello. You don't want a preacher tell you what you need to what you want to hear. Don't look at me, I'm the wrong person looking at. I'll tell you the truth at the expense of losing you. Yes, I'll do it. Because I'm not going to hell for you. The 18th chapter of Ezekiel says, If I don't tell you the truth, I go to hell and you go to hell with me. But I'm not going with you. You're going on your own. You're going to face him. You bypass him, he got in all right. But what about him? Him, 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 hello. Hello. And this is beyond him is paradise. Beyond him is the tree of life. We can all shout right here. We can all dance right here. We can all profess here. But my friend, it's a whole lot better behind here. Come on, somebody. Hello, somebody. I want to take church. The only way he can get in is to change his garment. You know, we were in some places. There were some temples. My friend, if you were dressed right, I got some pictures of Wavy's husband. They dressed him up from the head to the toe. They said, you ain't going in that temple unless you are redressed. And they said, what you have on is not good enough to get you in. We got to put some things on you to get you in. That's what this church teaches. Well, Pastor Neil, your church will never grow. It may never grow, but you know what? I'll never grow old either back here. Hallelujah. You know what, church? We want to get behind that angel with that sword. We want to go to paradise with Jesus Christ. And so they dressed him from the head to the toe and said, now you may go in. But the Bible story said, the guy said, I ain't going to do that. God said, push him out. Push him out. Would you bow your head right now? What, what change does God want you to make this morning? Is it worth it to go to perdition? God didn't send me here to condemn you at all. God sent me here to commend His Son to you that you might be changed. That you may have eternal life. There's a tree of life awaiting you to have rights to. There is a manner that you can eat from. But you can be like Adam and Eve and say, I'll do it my way and God will throw you out. Or like the devil say, well, I, I, don't, I want to be above God. God throw you out. Or like Moses, you know, do contrary God shut you out. Or that thief on the cross said, Lord, have mercy on me. Let me in. Whatever he did, God granted him a, a favor. For you, God's going to give you a favor 
like Cornelius, would you come this morning? So, Pastor, I'm tired of compromising truth. I'm tired of living on the edge. I want to go all the way. I want to make my calling and election sure. God, I want to have my rights to the tree of life guaranteed. My retirement program is not good enough. Because even after you're dead and your carcass is there, there's no guarantee the people you left the money with will even bury you. Who's God talking to this morning? Don't let your wife lie to you. Don't let your husband lie to you. Don't let the world lie to you. I'm calling somebody right now. There's an altar right here. I prayed for you this morning. I said, God, whoever you try to reach this morning, lead them to repentance. Lead them to baptism in Jesus' name. Lead them, oh God, to the infinite of the Holy Ghost, for they cannot enter in without being born again. There has to be a record of their birth if they must enter the tree of life and eat from that fruit. Is there somebody here this morning? 